very significant day as we remember Dr. Serizal. Let me say that some years back, a second Malolos Congress was attempted and in fact it was held at Club Filipino. Uh, it was uh, precisely called that Second Malolos Congress. And some of those who attended that Congress were the late General Abbott, the late Secretary Enriquez, and the late uh, Congressman and uh, NLRC Chairman Roy Senyeres. They uh, were the uh, ones who acted as the officers of the Congress. Uh, Roy Senyeres acted as the presiding officer. Uh, the uh, Gen General uh, Abbott was the one commissioned by the Congress uh, in the resolutions that the Congress adopted. And uh, Secretary Enriquez also uh, acted as the one of the officers together with me who at that time facilitated the uh, session of the Congress. What were decided in that Congress? There were two, three resolutions. One is to declare that there is a state of crisis in the country. And this was some years back, about a decade ago, ago or more. And the state of crisis uh, was described in the sense as uh, the absence or the of a process by which to really bring about real change, meaning that the electoral process as well as the other processes provided under the 1987 constitution were no longer sufficient or responsive in order to address the many issues and concerns of the country and most especially the pivotal or primordial concern of bringing real real change and that is in terms of the power structure and since the electoral and other processes were no longer responsive to that imperative uh, need the congress resolved to direct general uh, Fortun general fortunato abad to um, execute the congress resolution to adopt alternative means by which to bring about that, uh, that change. And third, uh, the third resolution of the Congress is that uh, as General Abbott uh, was directed to uh, execute this, those alternative uh, ways or means by which to bring about real change is to uh, organize the force that is necessary in order to promote that interest of bringing about real change. Now, that Malolos Congress was followed later on by a declaration of a transition government in, uh, the, uh, in Club Filipino, which led to the arrest of General Abbott, of uh, Secretary Enriquez, all of whom have uh, gone uh, together with uh, uh, Ambassador uh, and Congressman Roy Senyeres and myself. And uh, that uh, declaration actually was attended by uh, press people from all over the world because they really expected that the military will actually shift no, their uh, allegiance if people power uh, was against demonstrated. And uh, 
But before uh, any kind of critical mass could be uh, assembled in uh, Club Filipino or around the vicinity of Club Filipino, uh, uh, then President uh, Makapagal Arroyo already ordered that the meeting in Club Filipino be uh, be dismantled, uh, you may say, and that uh, all the leading personalities were were arrested, and then uh, inciting to sedition charges were filed against the four of us. And uh, up to now, very recently, just about three months ago, this inciting to the sedition charge was revived in the uh, city court of uh, San Juan. And uh, since I'm the only one left among the four, I'm the only one standing trial for that inciting to sedition. Well, I am citing this not, not so much to highlight uh, what my compatriots have, have done, whom, uh, to whom I'm also paying tribute today. And may they all rest in peace in the love and care in the bosom of our Almighty Father in heaven. But to show that this flame that you are trying to uh, enkindle and uh, to become a conflagration continues to burn in the hearts of many of our, of our people, especially now that we are approaching again another electoral exercise. Inasmuch as we have considered this process really as an exercise in political insanity. Uh, we, have, we, have the, uh, we have a group that we have... Uh, organized the Kamalayang Pinoy Movement, which uh, took that as its battle cry to end our political insanity. And why do we call it political insanity? Because as Einstein has uh, defined insanity as doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, then if you apply that to our politics, that is exactly what we are doing. We are conducting one electoral or political exercise after uh, another, and we expect that by simply changing the, the leaders, we can already expect uh, real change to happen in the country. But we all know as students of both politics and history that that is not how real change happens. In other words, it follows a dialectical process, but most especially, in the case of our country, referring now to Dr. Serizal and the other founding fathers, the one that brought about the end of 400 years of colonization of Spain is more of the spiritual force that started to build in the hearts and minds of our people. And it is that spiritual force which gradually expressed itself into a political force that effectively ended Spanish rule. The same thing will have to happen here. It will have to be the spirit of our people, which will have to be the source of strength that, and power that will make them realize that it is not this uh, process that we consider to be insane uh, that will bring it about. However, participation in the process can provide the opportunity to precisely drive home that message. And uh, hopefully, we will have uh, candidates who notwithstanding the absence or the lack of wherewithal which are needed in order to be part of the electoral process, 
can mount the stage and deliver that process to our countrymen. Our generation now from being the catalyst generation is already the transition generation. We have very little time to handhold the next generation and the new ones in order for them to stay connected to the ideals of our founding fathers. And those ideals are mostly and more significantly and pivotally spiritual. And that spiritual power will have to be converted into political power. We had a glimpse of that in 1986 when people came to the streets, not so much because they were partisan to the two antagonistic groups, no? but rather they were there to make sure that Filipinos did not shoot fellow Filipinos. So it is the spirit of brotherhood, of care and love for each other, the spirit of peace that brought them to the streets. Now from the spirit of peace and brotherhood, we will have to also now have the spirit of boldness of being true to what we call as the destiny of our country, the Lupang Hinirang. The Lupang Hinirang as an anointed land <clears throat> and uh, of the character of our people as a chosen and a refined people, Pili and Pino. No? And that uh, I learned from uh, the ranks of what we call in this country as the Kapatiran Spiritual Brotherhood. The Pulahanes, as you mentioned earlier, were precursors forerunners of this spiritual brotherhoods, the Sagrada Familia and the many others which adopted spiritual things and who have devotions to saints and, uh, and as well as to our Blessed Mother and uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. They were the ones who provided that strength and power needed to bring about change. Will that happen in the near future where our generation, as I said, is now challenged to do that? We are now the transition generation. From catalysts in the 1970s, we are still given the opportunity, the golden chance to handhold our young people into the land of dreams that our Dr. Rosarizal mentioned. And uh, Dr. Serizal said, out of the seven prophecies that he made, there are only two more which are still unfulfilled. And that is that the country will become federal in the future. And the last prophecy is that when our people recover, remember their good old qualities and virtues, then they will now be ready to join the wild, wide road of progress. And so, uh, Dr. Hill, I thank you for this opportunity for you to uh, rekindle that spirit of our founding fathers. Because just as in the United States, whenever they face a crisis, they go back to the Madison Papers. They go back to the founding fathers and the principles that they have upheld and they have propounded. So in the same way, we have to go back to our founding fathers in this country with the addition that in, it is really their spirituality which became the source of the real power. Thank you, Dr. Hill and uh, all others for the opportunity to share my uh, insights into this exercise that you're doing this morning. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Attorney Carlos Serapio. And uh, would you, would, this, uh, would uh, Attorney Serapio yield to some questions from the group? Of course, of course. 
Um, yes. So I have I'm to yield, questions for Dr. Raise your hand and uh, I recognize you. Go ahead, Dr. Posada. You have no questions? Yes. Yeah, Attorney Serapio, please. Um, so, what, Attorney, what was the basis of your arrest? Well, sedition was the charge. Inciting to sedition was the charge. And up to now, they're still trying to determine whether the establishment or the proclamation of a transition government can be considered as uh, an act of inciting to sedition. Okay. Were you arrested without a warrant of arrest? That is true, uh, Dr. Posadas. We were arrested uh, without warrants of arrest. But of course, the, the arresting uh, officers contended that we were in the act of uh, violating uh, the law. Yeah. Had you started with a, uh, with a invocation or to invoke... Uh, the presidential oath of office in the constitution to redress people's grievances. Because what were you were doing was not sedition. It was a call for change. It's not a rebellion, there's a difference. Sedition to rebellion. You were not, uh, you were not inciting rebellion. That's what sedition is all about. Sedi change is not necessarily sedition. So if there was some kind of a basis that you first invoked the out of office of the president to redress grievances, then, you know, you could have, uh, from the uh, from the court, then you could uh, probably one way or the other had some kind of a, a petition with the Supreme Court that should have stopped it right there and then. So when you say that, in a way, what we're doing will... Uh, most probably have the same result, which is a political insanity. I understand that. But in the same token, uh, the, the result was never determined. So we don't know if the same result will happen to our political cause, because our cause is in the political realm of the people's will. So, Dr. Pusadas, can you, can you cut your statement with a question? You had a question that uh, Tony Serapio Yeah, that was my question. They were, they, they were not arrested uh, with a warrant of arrest. They were just on the spot on the, uh, on the basis of what you call a crime uh, in progress or, you know, in the relicto. So that was, a, uh, that was an illegal arrest in the first place. And what were your... What were your actions to defend yourself, uh, Attorney Serapio? Well, you provided a very good insight precisely on what should be the basis for the uh, exercise that we did in Club Philippines. We, uh, we were exercising our constitutional right, as you mentioned, doctor, of seeking redress uh, for grievances, also of the very primordial or fundamental right of freedom of speech. Correct. So uh, the constitutional uh, protection uh, was invoked by us. No? But uh, as you know, during that time, this was during the time of uh, the former president. And as far as we are concerned, we have no beep anymore and against any or all former presidents. It was an exercise of our political conviction as well. No? And therefore we were ready 
to bear the consequences of that. But uh, I said, you, you bring to the uh, uh, fore a very good insight because even at this late stage, when I'm the only one left uh, in that uh, trial, which in fact is going to be held again this coming August uh, 2nd, no? in as much as our demurred to evidence was denied after this has gone on for about 17 years, I think already, uh, doctor, no? mm -hmm. uh, we may just bring that uh, issue to the Supreme Court. And I think I will look into that again, yeah. no? because this is a different dispensation, different dispensation. Now, where you have no less than the president, in fact, saying that we should not uh, be talking in secret of revolutionary government, but uh, uh, rather, uh, this should be openly discussed by the people whether a, the establishment of a revolutionary government is an option that we should take in order to bring about change. So uh, because of different times and different circumstances, uh, your proposition of the bringing a constitutional challenge to the Supreme Court for my continuing, uh, having to continue facing this charge of uh, inciting to sedition, which as you said, is supposed to lead just to rebellion, then that just may be a test case. Uh, thank you, doctor. And I will yeah. take that very seriously right. under an argument. Now, as far as the political insanity that I mentioned, I am not referring to the political initiative that we are doing now. I am referring to the repeated uh, electoral processes that we're conducting, where one cannot participate in the process unless you have millions and now billions of pesos. If you intend to uh, run, for example, for president, uh, immediately the, the, the mind of the public says the only one who should be able to do that is one who has billions in his coffers. So the only ones who are now being considered are those people there. So uh, that negates precisely the constitutional provision where uh, all you need to have in, uh, as a qualification in order to run is that you are literate uh, and that you are a natural born citizen. I mean, there is no qualification that you should have billions of pesos, but operationally, that is uh, what it is. And uh, why is it uh, also an act of political insanity? Because as uh, after that, we expect that the recoupment of the investment, if you may call it, uh, by those who run for office will not come from the coffers of, uh, of government. Third, it is political insanity because it is a question of just in and out of the same interest. So that's what we are referring to as the insanity because we expect that there will be a different result simply because there is going to be a change of leadership. And if you will note that now, doctor, the call is to make sure that the incumbent president does not have the opportunity to continue his uh, administration through his chosen uh, candidate. If, if that is going to be the call to our people, again, it's just a game of musical chair. That is not a game of really bringing about real change. I mean, uh, it is natural for the incumbent to want to have a successor that will continue uh, what he believes to be a good program for this country. But the real issue to the people should be whether what he brought to the table during his uh, administration is enough for the people to want to vote his successor. 
his chosen successor. But in this case, we are making the issue of removal of the incumbent president as if that is the panacea for our, all of our problems that we are facing now. Uh, at the moment, the country is facing a threefold crisis, the, the, a, a foreign policy crisis in the West Philippine Sea, and a health crisis in the pandemic, and then the social and the political fallouts that come from these two uh, crises of uh, the West Philippine Sea and, and, and the pandemic. So you have joblessness, poverty, etc., and the rest. How are we? How will this be addressed? How will this threefold crisis now be addressed? Simply by changing uh, the 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 president, simply by not voting into office, whoever may be his chosen successor. That that is not the proposition that we would like to make. In short, if I may be allowed to uh, to invoke a, a, a biblical admonition, we cannot just change the wine. We have to change the wine skin. So in the same way, new blood that is infused into the political processes must be must run through a new political system, a new political structure. That is how change happens. And when I said it, change happens dialectically, there has to be a change in external conditions as well as in the internal character of those who are experiencing those conditions. And there has to be, there has to be qualitative, or rather quantitative uh, accumulation first of forces and power before it brings about qualitative uh, uh, force that can really bring about that change. And when I say real change, I'm referring to the power structure. And the power structure basically is the empowerment of our people. Real change can happen only if our people now start to bring their destiny into their own hands and start looking at simply at the leaders that they will elect to be the ones to bring that about. So anyone who mounts the stage and proposes, okay, I will be the one to do this, I'll be the one to do that, is again putting himself as if he is the one that can really solve the problems of our country. No, as I said, uh, doctor, and I hope you will forgive me for my being very passionate about this, we have to become all one orations. Why are we going to be one orations? Because the prayer for change that we make, the answer is in ourselves as well. The answer is inside us already. It is in our spirit that will make us. The oration is the prayer. So Juan must be the prayer himself. He is not only the one making or saying the prayer, but Juan is also the answer to his prayer. And that is the kind of spirit that we need I think to try and deliver as a message to our to our people, and uh, so if the if the political con and election conversation continues to be, who is supposed to be the one who can really replace or uh, be the successor of the incumbent president? Is it person A, B, C, D, E, and then therefore, uh, if you choose among any of these A, B, C, D, E you can expect change, then that means, again, we are in the exercise of what I call political insanity because we expect a different result if that happens, but we will only reap frustrations and disappointments one again. And the sad thing about it is, do we still have time? I mean, this country is running uh, out of time in terms of really strengthening us as a nation 
that can actually now be a part in the new dynamics in the international community. So we, we need to understand where the country is situated at the moment. And, uh, and I think our national heroes uh, with uh, Dr. Seppi Rizal are, are, are really now very much agitated wherever they are in, in, the, uh, in the bosom of uh, bliss and uh, joy. They cannot, they cannot experience that joy that even heaven perhaps can offer them because of what they see that is happening in our country. So uh, I, I, I can see uh, Dr. I, I, I don't know about the others, Dr. Hill. I think all of us here are senior citizens. <laughs> senior citizens who in the 70s or late 60s, as I said, were the youth at the time. We were catalyzing. We were the ones uh, that brought about the epiphany, the awakening of the need for, for change in our country. 60 years, 60 years after, we are still singing the same song of change. And uh, we are still hoping that uh, there has been enough quantitative uh, forces which have been generated that can bring about the, the qualitative uh, change in our uh, political, uh, economic, social, and cultural situation. But more so, as I said, everything springs from our spirit as a people. The spirit of being one, uh, a people who love God dearly and a people who have brother, their sense of brotherhood, our care and concern for each other. So how do we now manifest that? How do we give witness to that in our politics? Please read our recent uh, resolution and that covered everything you said. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I will. Yeah. Oh, I will. And, uh, 